good news out of Disneyland for the second week in a row. A fleet of Disney drones are on their way, and Halloween at the parks is officially a go. That and more, all on today's Park Hop. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Great Park Hop. My name is Julian James and continuing to join us live from the Hall Cave, where he's been thinking a whole lot about how that first Haunted Mansion movie with Eddie Murphy has just gotten a bad rap all these years. The man, the myth, the legend, Henry Hall. Wakanda forever. Each week we get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news, happenings, and burning topics in the lands of Disney, Universal, and beyond. Before launching into things, we always like to note that Henry works for the Walt Disney Company. As always, though, his opinions are fully his own. How about it, Henry? New Haunted Mansion movie announced on a scale from 1 to 10. How much are you looking forward to this? I don't know. It's kind of uh, up in the air after see after finally having seen the Eddie Murphy one, uh, but then seeing how they have uh, progressed with, say, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I don't know. Maybe I'm at a at a six. I I would be. <laughs> I'm I'm curious, but I'm I'm kind of reserving myself to like, you know. I'm curious on it. And and so just so that we're clear, how they've progressed with the Pirates of the Caribbean movie, is that a, is that a, a positive point or a negative point? Well, I mean, <laughs> I have found them to be entertaining. Uh, some, some of them being kind of all over the place, but, uh, you know, some are better than others, but uh, I've found them generally to be entertaining and uh, I've liked the characters in some of those movies and i think they've been uh uh like had good uh, special effects and whatnot so but overall i find them entertaining so and i looked forward to seeing the uh the stuff that has been integrated into the pirate's ride so um you know, having seen Jack Sparrow around in the uh, in the ride, and even seeing the the characters uh, the paintings on the way on the walls while you're walking to the ride was interesting. So at least seeing them represented there. So you know, it's it's something that I've enjoyed. I mean, I know a lot of people. I may be. Uh, <clears throat> in the minority on people who basically enjoyed the movies I, I usually what happens is i there's parts of the movies that i i just generally enjoy i may not watch the whole movie uh but they usually it is a good movie to play in the background while i'm doing other things and working because every now and then I'll, i look up and i find that part of the movie that i enjoy watching so uh uh that fourth movie was not good though I did not care for that one. <laughs> yeah, they've had some clunkers for sure, man. No, I think the uh, I think the hotter take right there is less about the movies and more about how you've enjoyed the additions that have been done to uh, the Pirates' Ride based on the movies. Yeah, because I think it's it, it was fun just seeing like you know Jack like peeking out from here and there. It, it added another little like bit of character to the ride uh instead of like you know it seems like for a while there they were just 
pulling stuff out or at least like changing things. At least here they were adding stuff. So, yeah, yeah. it, uh, I find the Jack fair, uh, the, I find the Jack Sparrow stuff definitely less, uh, offensive than like Disneyland. They had that weird kind of like a uh, wall of mist that they projected, you know, like Blackbeard at one uh, point and uh, Davy Jones on. And I, I just, I, that I didn't like. I thought that was just kind of bizarre and weird. So at Disneyland anyway, I'm, I'm, I was very happy when they removed that. Uh, I think it is still at Disney World. Definitely is still at uh, Disneyland Paris. But uh, but anyway, yeah, big ops uh, for whoever made the call to remove that. Jack Sparrow seems like he kind of fits. Like if you hadn't seen the movies, it wouldn't necessarily feel out of place. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the the fact that they're double dipping on this Haunted Mansion movie is uh, is a strange one. I mean... Were you a fan of the Eddie Murphy movie? No. Let's no. double check on that first. No, before. it's like I think when it first came out, I was kind of like, "What?" And then I think I didn't see it until like March, March when this whole like uh, shelter in place started, and it just so happened yeah. that it was on TV, and I just like, "Oh, well, <laughs> finally I can check this out," and I was like, "Eh." This just seems n neither here nor there. Like it really didn't represent the haunted mansion, and then it I, it definitely yeah. didn't find it funny. So I was like, this just doesn't feel like it's I anything. It's not. It's not scary. It's not funny. Uh, it seems yeah. like a waste of like Eddie Murphy in this movie. Like he should be in something <laughs> else than this. Yeah. Um, so it just. Yeah, it was like, I think if they, hopefully, for this new movie, I, I hope they don't try and go scary with it, because I don't think that's what Haunted Mansion is kind of, what Haunted Mansion represents. It is kind of a, kind of a scary, maybe a ominous vibe to it when you walk in, but it's I think it's supposed to be a little bit more tongue-in-cheek. Uh, yeah, it's like spooky, yeah. not scary, yeah. right? So, like, it should have spooky vibe, but it, I want to see like stuff about the movie, about the the ride in the movie. But uh, but I don't know. It I think I think they are doing better with these things. But then again, I need to see what happens with uh, with the uh, Jungle Cruise the Jungle Cruise ride. But you know, the other thing is, I never did see that. It was funny because I was reading the article about this, uh, about the movie, and they talked about the country bears. And it's like, you know what? I never uh, saw that one either. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, I'd say, like, save that for like a midnight screening and maybe just get like hopped up on, you know, surge or something or, you know, hopped up on some kind of majorly caffeinated drink or throw a couple of uh, a beers back if you're so inclined. Like, yeah, Country Bears is like an acid trip, man. <laughs> it is such a crazy movie that it's one of those movies that uh, you watch and you're like, there's the two thoughts that definitely hit your mind are like, one, they actually made this. Uh, well, actually, there's three thoughts. They actually made this. Two, uh, this person's in this movie because it is like slammed with cameos. And three, wait, this is based on a Disney ride? Like, it is, it's so 
far and away out there that uh, you can see why after after country bears that they pumped the brakes hard on making uh movies based on these rides for quite a while but uh but yeah man the the Eddie Murphy one uh Eddie Murphy haunted mansion movie is super strange i totally agree with you that it didn't feel like anything related to it it legitimately felt like they took a and they may have done this that they took just some generic haunted house family kind of movie um and plugged Eddie Murphy in and plugged in Haunted Mansion and then they have like a couple of references to the ride but generally it just feels like a very generic kind of not very good uh family level haunted house movie and so it's like it doesn't please just people that walk in because they're not going to get the references and it's it's just not very good and it's not going to it's not going to uh please any kind of disney fans because it's just like it's a completely different kind of movie uh with just like a couple of nods to the ride thrown in and so it, it, it's it's really strange, man. Like because I could totally see how, and I agree. Certainly, they've done they they did. If if we're just comparing that first pirates movie, much better job with pirates. But it, they're like different rides in terms of how they're structured, yeah. right? Because pirates is very much just like, hey, you're kind of floating through the atmosphere of kind of like uh, being a, of just pirates and. You know, you see these kind of uh, just random scenes like the idea is to kind of generate this feeling of floating by this floating through this world of pirates, mm-hmm. right? Like transitioning into and out of this world of pirates that exist in this uh, this cave in, in the uh, bayou of New Orleans. And so it, it I mean, ride is obviously very successful in doing that, but it gives you a lot more leeway in terms of what you can do as a movie, right? So yeah. it's like if you think of the movie Pirates of the Caribbean, you could show it to anybody, whether they've ridden the ride or not, and it would be its own kind of thing, right? Like it's not like they're worried about characters or or very much at all in terms of there's just not that much to pull from. There's no like really strong narrative. It's all atmosphere. And so that's where you can have like a Captain Jack Sparrow because like eh, it's just if you can deliver on this feeling like you're in the world of pirates, then you can call it a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. And they did that. So it worked. And, you know, then you take it to Haunted Mansion where it's like there is a bit of a narrative there, yeah. right? Like it's, it is very loose and, you know, it's, it's not like, it's not like a very linear narrative in a sense, but there is a story. There are characters that, uh, that kind of drive you through the experience. And certainly if you're a fan of the attraction, uh, you know all about that. If you've ridden the, uh, the Phantom Manor in Disneyland Paris, there's an even stronger narrative that dives even deeper into uh, into this history of of uh, the bride and Madame Leota and and in their case the Phantom, but um, but still it's it's just like there is something there and the tone of it is, you're right isn't like funny it's kind of like creepy charming right and uh, of course so like that absolutely wasn't delivered on in the Eddie Murphy version so it's kind of like you know to bring it back to well what do we hope this new movie's going to be? It's like, at, at the very least, you got to respect the tone and you do have to have some kind of tie-in to these characters. Um, I feel like if it's like if it's set in modern day, which is how this old one was, um, or the, the 2003 version with Eddie Murphy, 
uh, if it's set in modern day, it, it kind of doesn't work. <laughs> so kind of give me that classic feeling of the bride and, and, uh, and her story and everything that goes along with that. You know, it's like, that's really what I think a lot of people want and you could probably deliver on. I know that Guillermo del Toro was like super pumped about potentially directing, uh, and making a movie on the haunted mansion. So, I know a lot of people are disappointed that he's not involved. I'm definitely disappointed that he's not involved. This writer that they announced, uh, her last project, it sounded like, was the reboot of Ghostbusters. Mm. I wasn't the biggest fan mm -hmm. of. Also didn't think it was that funny. So hopefully that's not kind of what they're going for. She also wrote on Parks and Rec. I'm a big fan of Parks and Rec, but also not the tone that I hope that this movie is. So uh, so we'll see. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of like cautious, very cautious about it. And you're right. Jungle Cruise might give us a good indication in terms of if, uh, if they're back on track in terms of quality movies, though, I think it's, you know, you do have the X factor of the, of, uh, Dwayne, the rock Johnson, who just kind of oozes charm from every one of his pores on his massively proportioned <laughs> body. So, uh, you know, I think that movie has that going for it. Like regardless, could not be could not be very good, but you know it's going to be. Well, charming. I mean, at least one thing you could see from at least from the few images I've seen is it does look like it. Uh, the Jungle Cruise takes place in uh, you know, a previous era, not in modern times. So, so yeah, you also would not be able to make a Jungle Cruise movie in modern yeah, times. So, yeah, so it looks like at least they're willing to do those older movies. That and I also forgot to point out, I mean, this is based on the land, but I also enjoyed Tomorrowland, which I think was uh, maybe not a lot of people, like, I don't think it made a ton of money, but I thought it it delivered for me kind of this it's something that actually I have to say grew on me over time uh, that uh, it kind of like delivered a, a kind of a more sense of like, like hope at an earlier time. And then you got this sense of dread that is built up, which I think is perfect for this time of period of time where it does seem like we're more dreading things and then it kind of leads to people like hey we need to be more hopeful we need to be more looking towards the future type stuff where uh, i like i like the kind of the message that it had for it plus i thought it was it was a, it was a cute movie um so i yeah. enjoyed that that one as well so Again, the Tomorrowland movie had more leeway than Haunted Mansion. I mean, it's Tomorrowland, not just based off of one ride and one narrative. So, um, yeah, it. I think they're going to have a tough time um, with the Haunted Mansion like story. But, like I said, I, I guess I'm cautiously interested in what comes out i'm more than likely <laughs> we'll see it but uh depending on how like what i hear about it and what i see in far as trailers or or whatnot in the story write-ups on it uh i may see it when it first comes out or i may see it much later on <laughs> yeah it uh i mean who knows when it's even gonna come out yeah <laughs> but uh i mean it's still so early they've just basically announced that it's in development so who knows it could uh anything could happen but 
I mean, it's always interesting. It, there's like the, the potential is there for sure, but uh, you know, the potential is also there to just come up with a uh, a real clunker. So uh, Disney has shown that they are capable of both. So we'll uh, we'll just have to yeah wait and see. But uh, but speaking of things to just really be hopeful about, man, how about this new patent from Disney that uses uh, drones in these show elements? That's uh, that's pretty crazy, huh? Yeah, I mean, I think. This kind of, I mean, I'm not kind of, I'm not surprised at this. It just seems like that's what, uh, like, uh, after seeing these drones in, like, the Super Bowl and in New Year's yeah. uh, celebrations, this seems like having the drones is, like, the way to go. Because, for one thing, you know, Disney can save money on their fireworks whatnot and it seems like a much safer bet using these drones <laughs> and hopefully it yeah. means fewer canceled shows due to uh wins but i don't know it might Ooh, actually be, it, <laughs> it might be even more <laughs> troublesome with that I, I don't know um i've never i mean i have never haven't gotten big into drones myself i have a friend who uh who is a cameraman and he he has a drone and he's used it for doing like really impressive uh video shoots and whatnot but he's also lost his drone in uh in the ocean <laughs> which was a very expensive uh loss i think he did I mean, he might have recovered it it was it was a, a big hassle because i think he had to try and pay somebody to dive down to get it but uh but it was oh, wow. still like kind of it was ruined because of the salt water and whatnot but still it's like uh i mean they're impressive but yeah they're prone to break and and i don't know how they do well with those high winds or whatnot so but hopefully yeah there's definitely uh <laughs> some some uh some potential issues uh that would make things maybe a little bit difficult but what we do know for sure or at least what's in this patent uh they are going to be launched from the ground they're going to be incorporated into fireworks laser and fountain shows uh that the most interesting at least for me aspect that they talked about was they were you know the idea that they have is to use drones to lift uh, set pieces and actually use the kind of wind and the, I think they call it like the vortex from the propellers of the drone to actually steer the set pieces and make it so that they don't look like they're wobbly and out of control. Uh, one of the images showed like a rudder and a propeller on the set piece. Like it, it was a cool, it was, it was a set piece that looked like maybe the pirate ship from Peter Pan. So it was, you know, flying through the air. So it was like, oh, okay, that seems, that seems like that's pretty cool. I could get behind that. And, uh, and uh, the last kind of really great example I could think of anyway, of drones being utilized this way at Disney was they had that, I think it was for, I want to say it was either the, Galaxy's Edge land opening at Hollywood Studios, or maybe it was just Rise of the Resistance. I think it was the full land, but they actually had, they made it look like X-Wings were flying overhead for the press preview mm. um, by just basically kind of staging a, a drone to look like an X-Wing. So, uh, I mean, dude, that that sounds pretty awesome. Uh, unfortunately, they only used it that one time. And I think there was another, I think they used it, um, at least... Th 
they only used it that one time at Galaxy's Edge. I think they did have some, you know, they briefly had a holiday show, light show um, at uh, Disney Springs in 2016. So they've definitely dabbled. But, dude, this has definitely gotten me pumped up thinking about just like different ways of uh, of seeing how these drones maybe could be put into use. So like how fired up are you about this dude? Oh, I think it's, there's like for entertainment purposes, it, it's really cool. Cause yeah, I mean, it would be really cool to have like every so often in, at least at night over galaxy's edge, you can see like a, a, uh, like a mock-up, like, like a uh, fighter battle, starfighter battle where yeah. you have like, you know, right. X-Wing and TIE fighters fighting overhead and that'd be so cool. Or, I mean, just in the, like for the holiday shows and whatnot, one of the things that, you know, I like seeing is like, you know, they, with the fireworks, they make like, looks like little images, but you could literally do those images with the drones flying overhead and they light up and do stuff. And, and you can actually have like yeah. uh, you know zero actually flying over the crowd instead of just from one from the uh, Matterhorn to the the castle you know type thing. So, sure. I mean yeah. that would be like a like a throwback to like Tinkerbell doing her thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean they've already had like during the holiday. Well, during the Halloween show, they had they would start off with with zero flying overhead doing the Tinkerbell thing type thing. Right. But, uh, yes, yes, but, yes. Uh, you could have him actually flying over the crowds instead of doing just that straight to the, the castle and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, there's just little things you could do with it. Yeah, totally, man. Uh, the crowds is an interesting thing. I'm wondering how that would work or if they would have to kind of figure out their flight routes that maybe or over areas where there weren't crowds just because, as you pointed out, uh, you know, mistakes and issues do happen when you're dealing with uh, unmanned aerial vehicles. So, you know, I'm sure Disney wants to avoid anything like a gust of wind or, you know, some disconnect happen and then a drone to like slam into, uh, you know, some unsuspecting children or something like that. That would be yeah, terrible. That's true. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, so... I, I I would be curious to see. I almost feel like, you know, like areas like, um, like, uh, you know, like incorporating them into World of Color where it's over that kind of central water, uh, kind of, uh, you know, that um, the, the central water pier area yeah. where they, you know, have a lot of other elements already. You could easily kind of mix things into that. Or even just like, I'm sure there are areas of Galaxy's Edge where, they could do stuff like I like your idea of, yeah, like fighters or even just, you know, like I think everyone's always talked about how, um, you know, Galaxy's Edge just kind of feels I don't know if lifeless is the right word, but, you know, it's supposed to be this really active kind of like spaceport and there's just not that much going on constantly. And so, you know, if you could have even just like some ships or some uh, some kind of drones that are done up to look like cargo ships that are taking off and landing. Maybe, you know, I don't know if you can utilize some force perspective uh, to make it look like, you know, they're further in the distance. I don't know. But it seems like there's some kind of opportunities to do stuff 
more stuff in Galaxy's Edge like that. Um, but yeah, like even even like, hey man, new Tomorrowland, baby. Let's make it happen, you know, get some cool like uh, space flyers going over there. I don't, it just seems like, you know, for sure uh, you got plenty of opportunities where you could enhance what's already there. Uh, but, you know, yeah, it's it's really crazy to think about what new kind of stuff they're going to come up with. I, I, I love that idea of kind of using the force of the drone to steer the things that it's, you know, these, these set pieces that are being hauled. I, I, I want to see that with my own eyes. I really do it. It sounds just completely and utterly ridiculous, but, uh, but I want to see it. Yeah. Then you could also like, you could do stuff like have actual ghosts or zero flying over the haunted mansion at times, you know? Oh yeah. That's it, man. Ghosts hovering above the haunted mansion at nighttime. <laughs> totally. Or, or even just like fireflies in, you know, uh, uh, higher above in certain areas, maybe like flying around uh, uh, the retheme splash mountain. But yeah. I don't know. I, I also think that they, I'm sure they got to be noisy, man. If they're big enough to the point that they can lift big structures, got to be noisy. Well, they could have smaller ones. Uh, I have heard, I have seen some, uh, drones that aren't super noisy um but uh yeah i think if they're big enough to like lift uh something that might be of of heft yeah they probably are going to be a bit noisier but but those would be ones that you would use kind of like in a distance per se i guess one thing they could also do with them is they could have them uh use the drones to lift up like maybe a screen so they can shoot uh like uh laser lights onto or project stuff from maybe at a distance or i don't know yeah they were talking they were talking about like using drones to you know like how in world of color they project um they project like images on fountains of water and just like sprays Mm -hmm. you know water sprays they were saying like just like in certain parts of the air the drone could create water sprays with combination of, you know, like hauling up water and then spritzing it into that vortex that it's creating and creating like some kind of sheet of water spray that then from the ground you could project up into again, sounds like maybe wind might make that a little difficult, but, uh, but I like that idea. Hmm. It sounds interesting. It sounds like there's, I mean, there's a lot of possibilities, um, that they could do with those things. So, I mean, it, it's definitely something to look forward to. Totally, man. But uh, but whatever they come up with, uh, it's safe to say that uh, we will not be seeing it at Disneyland anytime soon. <laughs> Park is still closed, going on day 168 right now, but who's counting? But according to Disney Parks Experiences and Products Chairman Josh DeMauro, give them a date. And a set of guidelines, and they're ready to roll, dude. He sat down with the Dow Report last week and answered two of at least our biggest questions that we've had. Uh, will Disneyland be ready to open once guidance has been given by the state? That's a big ol' affirmative, man. Apparently, Park has been ready to roll and open the gates, start welcoming people in since July. So it sounds like probably... Even though that July 17th date got pushed off, 
they kept on moving. They kept on ensuring that that park was ready to, uh, to take people in. So, uh, so that's good news, man. They're, they're feeling confident there. And the other interesting piece, are park reservations going to continue past this COVID health crisis? Damaro specifically called out that this new park pass reservation system that we've seen over at uh, Walt Disney World has been a huge success in their eyes. And that along with a few other modifications like more opportunities for uh, mobile ordering, more opportunities for just various different types of reservations, all done digitally and through different means of technology, they're all here to stay. So it sounds like Park Pass may be around for a while, past that September 21st, 2021 date. This is a conversation we've had before. The thought of Disney continuing to limit park capacity in that way sounds pretty crazy, but it sounds like they may do it, dude. It sounds like that's on the table as like a, as something that they're, uh, they're feeling good about. Well, you know, if you think about it, and I think this is just something that popped into my head just as we were, you were talking about it, is that with this park pass type, uh, with this reservation system, they can more accurately predict how many guests they're going to have in the park so they can better staff uh, appropriately. So it's for them, it's, it's also going to be a way of like, you know, making sure that, uh, you know, they, they can keep an eye on their, their costs for like the park on every, on basically every day, instead of getting overwhelmed. Like the one time when, uh, when I went to Disneyland and I guess, uh, Arizona schools had a week or two off. So a lot of people from Arizona, which isn't that far from uh, Disney. I think it was like for my wife's friends, it was only like a five hour drive from Arizona. It was actually closer for them than it was for us to go to Disneyland. Yeah, A lot of people from Arizona decided to go to Disneyland. So the park was just slammed and they weren't, ready for it they basically were understaffed at that time so with this reservation system they don't get caught under unawares of these type of things um it does make it more difficult or i guess trickier for guests because you have to do more planning but i think for people like you and i we we're already into planning type things so these type trips uh but it could be more problematic for the uh, uh, annual pass holders that are are more local who like to just drop in for a day or whatnot. So, yeah, definitely still more questions we need answered. Uh, certainly, when it comes to Disneyland, I mean, maybe once things get rolling, it sounds like they're close. But once they get rolling, and we really see what that park pass system, especially for just this mass quantity of annual pass holders. Once that's a little more clear, I guess maybe we'll get a sense in terms of how we feel about that for Disneyland. But but even assuming that it's within the realm of what we're seeing at Disney World already, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's all about control, right? And uh, I'm sure Disney likes to have as much control over the environment <laughs> as humanly possible when they're doing all of their planning and budgets and whatnot. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's like if they know 
that it's going to be a low uh, capacity day and there's just not that many people going to the park, then they can plan around that. That helps for staffing. Exactly. Totally. You, you, you that's a hundred percent accurate. Um, but it's, it, but it works on the, from the guest side too, because you're right. It does require maybe an additional step to look to see if there are reservations on those days that you are looking to book. Um, but you know, if you're doing Disney world specifically, it's something that you're probably already doing because it is more of just kind of like that vacation destination that is like going to the parks is your vacation as opposed to Disneyland where it's like oftentimes maybe a part of a larger vacation or maybe you have a little bit more flexibility or, um, or what have you. But, you know, uh, you know, if you're doing that kind of work anyway beforehand, looking at flights, looking at hotels, I mean, I don't think it's going to be too much of a stretch to then also think, well, what days are available in what parks? And, you know, you're right. Like it might take a little bit more to, for people to get on it a little bit earlier, but if it's built into the experience, then they'll do it (laughs) or else, you know, they'll figure out very quickly that they need to uh, but, you know, having once you've done that work, I mean, it does kind of guarantee that you're going to have most likely a better experience, if only because anyone that's been to any of these parks on days that uh, you don't even have to get super close to capacity, but just on really slammed days, it's just not a fun experience. We talked about this when we were talking about park passes last time, but you know, if you go to, there's usually at least a Disneyland only a few days out of the year where they come close to, or, or they hit capacity. Usually like new year's Eve is, is a guaranteed it's going to hit capacity. Maybe on one of the, the specific holidays, it's going to probably come close. If not hit capacity, dude, those days are miserable. Like it, it, it is all about being in the parks for that holiday but you're not enjoying the experience outside of that. (laughs) It's just, it is miserable. So, you know, if I'm a guest and I'm thinking about what my experience in the park is going to be, I will feel better about going and, and committing more time and just feeling good about the experience and maybe throwing on an extra day, maybe think about spending a little bit of extra money here and there because I'm feeling good about the experience. So I'm just able to, I mean, it's, it's kind of a corny phrase, but I'm able to, to, to even more so book with confidence that I'm going to enjoy my probably multi-thousand dollar experience. So, you know, I, I, I think it's a win-win as long as they have a, a, a reasonable amount of reservations. So, you know, there's a, there, there's the potential there that this could be, this could be a very good thing. Yeah, I think uh, I think you, I think basically it gives you, uh, you have a more, uh, a more sense of what to expect with a reservation system, even from a guest perspective. But I mean, still, I think yeah, what you said at towards the end where it depends on how many reservations they have. I think mo- the most of the, the, the most pain you'll feel of this process is just making sure you have those reservations and like, um, you know, 
what happens when they finally open up these reservations. So like, uh, it is the time that you usually go. I mean, when should you start looking at getting these reservations and then not only like getting them, but getting all your reservations. So you have to get your reservations for your park and then you have to get your reservations for your hotels. More than likely, if you're not a, within the, a local, you're going to need a hotel and shoring all those things up um and then i guess for now it's probably not going to be as big of a problem for that kind of stuff but say for instance like when we made our trip when i did my trip in early march um before the shelter in place happened uh we I took my trip with my sister. We actually had a difficult time finding affordable uh, hotels that were close to the park due to a convention in the area. Uh, so that could become a issue once conventions are allowed to happen again, of course. But I mean, anyways, this is just all those like things that I think of when, <laughs> when I think about making, uh, potentially making reservations for a trip, sure. like, uh, not just, not just having the, you know, your reservations for the park, which could be a problem, you know, which could be tricky in of itself. I mean, getting your reservations for your parks, getting reservations for dinner, if you can. Uh, and then of course the reservations for your hotel, or or whatever in the area so um yeah but i think yeah you do have a better sense of what kind of experience you are in for with the reservation system well and it's just I, to your point again it's completely incumbent on disney to find that sweet spot and that balance in terms of how many reservations are going to be available how are they distributed how long in advance are you able to make one? Um, I mean, so, you know, if it's anything like, if it's anything like the flex pass and it wouldn't be, wouldn't work as a one-to-one, you would need more kind of time uh, in advance before you can book a, a flex, but it's still, I mean, you, the, you know, and also thinking about when park hopping happens again, basically have an option of one park, uh, or the other park or both parks. And then there's availability around there. Generally speaking for that, like it was very open in terms of like, you couldn't do that last minute booking for a weekend per se, but outside of that, it was, it was pretty, pretty easy to like, let's say like two weeks out, especially if you're going like weekday, psh, no problem. So yeah, I mean, it's, you know, if it's an easy process that's clear and, uh, you have enough heads up time and there's enough availability so that people aren't feeling like, you know, they're really getting squeezed. Then, then, you know, it, they're in good shape. So it's, it's really on them to deliver, but it's the opportunities there. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, so, um, so then that other thing that Demara was talking about, uh, speaking of those guidelines and that date, so, you know, if you are an insane person like I am, you have been in front of that TV each and every day catching that daily briefing from Governor Gavin Newsom, watching, waiting for even just the slightest mention of theme park reopenings. And it's been brutal. But Henry, after hundreds of hours of absolute boredom, 
Friday was that big day, my dude. Governor Newsom confirmed that his office is in talks to discuss the reopening of California's theme parks. And in fact, there was a meeting that afternoon to talk through plans to open Disneyland Resort. So, dude, these wheels are moving. I'm feeling it. Yeah, it. I mean, uh, me and the wife were talking about it as well uh, just a little bit ago. Because I guess if you look at the uh, guidelines, there's nothing really uh, specific. Uh, for theme parks so it, it seems like it's you know I th- just think it was so there's maybe not enough theme parks to warrant them having a specific area or to roll out like spe- specific uh, rules guidelines for the opening of theme parks or uh, it does also seem like uh, maybe Newsom takes each theme park on a case-by-case basis, maybe, as well. So, um, but yeah, it's super good news that he is talking to, to Disney about, like, the openings, so. Yeah, man. And so when you take that, what Newsom is saying, you really think about the Disneyland does seem like it is primed to start welcoming guests back any time now. That pump is a primed, Henry. They're ready to roll. I mean, it. I feel like it is like, you know, those guidelines are going to come out. That date is going to come out. And, and that'll be it. We'll get that announcement from Disneyland. And the fun begins, my friend. The game is on. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, we were looking at the guidelines. And I think uh, starting after the 31st, like malls are going to be able to opening reopen again uh shops so i mean it looks like california is primed to start possibly reopening some areas again uh but you know we need to be cautious about this and not like lose our minds there's still like uh you still have to, I guess, from what uh, we were reading, it looks like it's like 25% capacity now. It's a, a bit lower than it was when they originally allowed uh, stores to kind of slowly reopen. So, uh, right. It'll be interesting. Hopefully, uh, it goes, it works yeah, well this time. For sure, man. Uh, and I mean, it, you know, to Disney's credit, I think, uh, especially <laughs> the way the Disney world opened in that they were Florida was pretty much at the peak of its uh, coronavirus cases. I mean, you know, we've definitely heard a couple stories here and there from people that maybe saw just, you know, uh, 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 people not complying with the rules or we saw cast members behaving badly, but generally speaking, I mean, it, it, it certainly hasn't been a disaster and it's been okay. It seems like by all accounts, it's been okay. So, you know, there's no reason to think that that is not something that they could recreate at Disneyland. It's a smaller park. There's less kind of open space, if you will. Um, but yeah, it has its own challenges for sure, which is I'm sure, which, which I assume is what they're starting to discuss right now with the governor's office. But, you know, the, the the great thing again, this is this is what makes me feel really hopeful is that 
not only are we starting to just hear that like, hey, we've been ready, uh, you know, since July, we are still getting even more news of other movement that's been going on uh, at Disneyland Resort because they're clearly feeling confident. It seems like they're feeling confident that we are close to a reopening. So we also got news that auditions are being held for stunt performers at Avengers Academy. So far, we've got listings for Captain America, Black Panther, dude, come on, man, and uh, and Okoye. Uh, and obviously, it would just it would seem crazy to me to start that search, put those notifications out. You know, if they really weren't planning on opening uh, Avengers Academy specifically soon, so that seems like maybe you were onto something when you were suggesting that they're just going to want to open this thing as soon as possible because they're they're casting, dude. And you know, if you remember, if you remember that pitch of what Avengers uh, Avengers Campus was going to be when they were first talking about it, the idea was that rather than just kind of like traditional shows, uh, you would have these kind of action set pieces with stunt performers that would occur on the rooftops of these buildings. So I think specifically for, for these actors, this is, this is going to be some kind of stunt show ish kind of show on top of that main Avengers building that we were seeing those images of uh, with the uh, Quinjet last week. And then, you know, you were obviously going to have Spider-Man and his crazy swinging animatronic uh, that I'm still super pumped about checking out. It's, it sounds wild, but swinging on the rooftops of of uh, the Spider-Man ride. Well, I mean, it's, it's cool that they actually are going to have the action set pieces kind of in a distance because you can still have them <laughs> and not have uh, since... You know, look. I think uh, up close uh, meet and greets are going to be not a thing for a while, at least. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. That totally. So you could still do it. It's basically a. Uh, it's like one of those distance uh, kind of you know character moments that they're having at Disney World, but set in the Marvel universe. So yeah. I'm, I'm all about that. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad to hear that they're actually doing those castings because yeah, it is. It does look like they are moving forward with uh, opening uh, Avengers Campus potentially soon. So, dude, yeah, that would be <laughs> excitement is high for that. If that occurs, man, that uh, that would be the plus thing it, right there. Uh, plus, it also means that they're close to probably like completing Avengers campus too, since, I mean, why would you hire, hire yeah. these? I mean, I imagine it still takes a while to find that talent for the uh, stunt show, but still why hi hire them that far in advanced if you're not close to finishing uh, the part? Yeah. And even once they get the okay, right. And they've, they've met the guidelines you still got to bring back all of your cast members. You still have to go through the training process for everybody, especially with these new health and safety guidelines that they have to follow and enforce. So, you know, just general staff and cast members are going to have to have a period of ramping up and training. So, I mean, that seems to fall in line with, you know, getting these actors trained up as well. I, I mean, I, I assume that there probably will be uh, 
I would still be surprised if Avengers Campus opens on the reopening day of California Adventure. So they might still have a little bit of uh, of a buffer there. But yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it necessarily is going to open up when the parks were open up. But I guess that also depends on when the parks are allowed to open up. Yeah, that's a that's a wait and see. That'll be that'll be a big one for sure. Uh, we also had uh, it reported that the park lights uh, throughout Disneyland and California Adventure are being uh, th- that they were turned back on this week. So uh, I guess since March 14th, which is when those parks closed, it's pretty much been dark outside. Uh, and if you go through that kind of esplanade area and look into the parks, it, it, it was all dark up until this last week where they're starting to cycle that power again. So Again, you know, really kind of getting things forward, moving forward, creeping forward. Um, but then the the last little bit of news that we got recently was uh, so apparently a few hardcore Disneyland fans who were at Downtown Disney this past week noticed that the music loop that plays throughout the park entrances in that Esplanade area has been updated, but not to include stuff. Apparently, Zippity Doo Dah. That classic Song of the South and Splash Mountain tune has been completely removed. It just doesn't play. And just in case you're thinking that this might be a mistake or an oversight, Disney did respond. The OC Register asked them about this, and so they made a statement saying, quote, the removal of the song from downtown Disney's background music is part of a continuous process to deliver an environment that features stories that are relevant and inclusive. So clearly, a conscious decision was made to to remove that. Again, seems to be in line with that same kind of reasoning that they gave initially for retheming Splash Mountain to begin with. So, kind of moving in concert in uh, in that way. No idea if that's been removed from Walt Disney World as well, though it's probably a safe bet that if it hasn't already, it's coming. So, if you're a Walt Disney World goer and it's still playing, uh, enjoy it while you can. Uh, and then, um, but we do know though, from Walt Disney world, that the splash mountain themed mini game has been removed from the Disney world section of the Disney play app, which is just a fun little mini game kind of app that your ideas, you can kind of enjoy it while you're waiting in line. Um, it's kind of cool. There's some interactivity there. It's fun, but yeah, you won't be enjoying splash mountain mini game anymore. Uh, we also had a hallmark zippity doodah Mickey Christmas tree ornament that I guess played the zippity doodah theme. That's been canceled. And so, so I don't know about you, Henry, but this stripping down of Splash Mountain, it definitely seems like it's happening a lot faster than what I was expecting. I don't know. I think, well, I mean, I think they're definitely pulling the strings of things that are quick and easy to pull, but I'm not surprised. I mean, it, yeah. it's kind of unfortunate because, like, Zippity Doodah was a fun song uh, to hear. Well, it's like iconic for Disney. Yeah. I mean, it was everywhere. But unfortunately, yes, it is. It is tied to uh, the Song of the South movie. Unfortunately, so I, I'm not surprised to see it go. But uh, it is something that is kind of still sad. 
to see go just because it was a fun song. So I don't. Yeah, I guess I just felt like with the way that they announced uh, the Splash Mountain re-theme, the fact that they were going to re-theme it to Princess and the Frog, you know, they didn't announce a date. They didn't announce a time frame. So I think because there's already so much other stuff going on throughout the parks, um, and especially with COVID going on and them already announcing that like, eh, you know, some of these, some of these park updates are going to be a little bit longer. We're going to have to work in, you know, phases. I think a lot of people just assumed and probably my, I mean, myself included that eh, we still had quite a bit of time to bid farewell to, uh, to the, uh, to Splash Mountain. But, um, but yeah, it's definitely seeming like, you know, again, I think a lot of this is just surprised, right? Like people are just very surprised that things are just disappearing without any kind of heads up, which I mean, they gave you the heads up and saying it's, it's going away. It's just because we have no timeline, uh, you know, we just don't know, which is why you're seeing all of these people, you know, just really just scoop up as much, splash mountain merchandise as they can at Disney world and, and all the resellers are going crazy. Uh, so, you know, it's just that, it's just that reaction of like, Oh, we didn't see this coming as fast as, as it, as it is. I mean, it, it also kind of reminds me of when, uh, when tower of terror closed down to get ready for their retheme to mission breakout at California adventure was like you'd go and it was really funny like I'd go one trip and it was like oh now the like facade the Hollywood Tower uh you know uh sign outside is removed oh now they're like stripping away the panels like oh now it was just like every time you went it just slowly they were removing it and they were still running riders up it but you know all of the exterior stuff started disappearing and and so I kind of get that same familiar feeling with uh, with this too. I, I do wonder, man. Like, do you think there's any chance that Disneyland is going to open and that Splash Mountain will just be closed already? Hmm. I don't know. I think the thing for me is that I think they're going to do the easy stuff quickly. They're going to move on that stuff because, like, removing the song is pretty easy to do. Uh, selling right. out of the merchandise and getting ready and canceling certain things. That's easy because it, it might not cost them as much money, but I think doing the closing the ride and uh, they may let it stay open a little bit. Um, but I don't know, actually, they may actually shut it down. I think they're more worried because right now uh, I think you're at the height of, of people taking notice of this kind of stuff. And I think they don't want to be seen as that they're not moving on it after they've talked about it. So, um, you know, it may be closed, but they may leave it open a a little longer. uh, And then just because they can't do anything, any work on it for a while, just because of the, the costs involved with it. But maybe they'll run it like if it's kind of like, depending on when they open, once it starts to get cold, they may say, well, we're just going to shut it down because people aren't going to ride this thing anyways in the cold. They're, they're not going to find any right. like 
any kind of idiot. I bet they I would. I don't think now. they're going to find uh, many idiots who are going to ride it during, uh, in like a November time frame ish. Uh, <laughs> I'll bet they would now. <laughs> I'll bet they would. I think, I think, you know, there are people that, especially with this announcement, I almost feel like even though I'm I'm totally cool with and welcome the the re-theme to Princess and the Frog, I still do feel like, you know, unless they're really starting work immediately on that re-theme to just kind of close it before the parks open and to not give people an opportunity for like one more ride, especially if, you know, you do have that sentimental attachment to it, feels a little bit cruel. Again, I, I understand if they're like, cranking on it immediately but uh but otherwise it's you know i like what you're talking about in terms of give at least like a few months you know a handful of months so that people have an opportunity to get down there and ride i do think that even through the winter months people um people would be into it if only because especially if you're not a local and even if you are because of the reservation system, it's going to limit how many people are able to go at one time. Mm -hmm. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to feel like this is my last chance to ride. So I'm just going to go do it. Even if it sucks and I'm going to get wet and it's going to be freezing. Um, also January is usually that time that they close it anyway for refurbishments. They're not going to, they're not going to refurbish it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so whatever, you know, like just, just keep it running fix kind of like any minor stuff that breaks down. But if it's like a major breakdown, it's, you know, whatever it's, it's uh, unless it's, unless it's mission critical, I think, you know, they're, they're fine, but yeah, it, it just feels like the right thing to do. Give people a, uh, a proper send off and, you know, people are already upset about it. So not that, not that this is going to be a fix or make people feel a hundred percent better, but at least they, they can get a proper goodbye. Yeah. I think, I think they, I mean, for me, I think they would leave it open uh, a little bit. I think they're going to do the easy stuff now, uh, pull like the, the song and stuff, but I think they're going to leave the ride open for until they really can like move on it and they have like the plans in place or something major breaks down or something. They're going to leave it open so people can kind of give it. Uh, send off and then uh, I think they may actually for these type of things I think they generally say when they're going to close the ride for the most part so people do have that chance to kind of give it a, a check um, but you never know <laughs> oh, I, yeah I would imagine there'll be an announcement there's usually if something goes down for I mean there was for uh, Tower of Terror we had quite a quite a long well I don't know about a long but we definitely had you know, quite a few months there that, uh, that we had an opportunity to ride it one last time. That's, that's one of the reasons I went down when I did, because I was like, Whoa, all right, I got to get down there. So, uh, so I imagine they'll do that and, you know, they, maybe they'll get a nice little bump from it, but, but we'll see. It'll be interesting. <laughs> Definitely. But how fired up are you about all of this Halloween park news coming out, dude? Oh, I was pretty excited to hear uh some of the stuff that came out especially especially Oof. the treats yeah dude it uh so yeah their their announcement that included like yeah exactly the treat breakdown and it, it just felt like old times like i felt that level of excitement that you know put me right back into like 
Halloween of 2019, Halloween of yesteryear, before, you know, there was a crazy uh, pandemic on our hands and the parks were closed and you had just had, you entered just the terrible year that is 2020. Uh, yeah, it just, it brought back that excitement, which, uh, you know, I never realized how much I miss that excitement and, and just kind of looking forward to some of these events until, I don't have them to look forward to. So this was, yeah, I agree, man. Super exciting to read about these treats. We've got Disneyland Paris. We've got Magic Kingdom. Both are taking very strong steps to keeping the spirit of the holiday going strong, dude. We got Magic Kingdom, which has confirmed that seasonal treats are good to go and that decorations will be up. I did find it kind of interesting. They only really talked about Main Street in terms of decorations. So I'm curious, will it only be Main Street that will get them? Will they be in other areas of the park? I don't know. It, it seems like it would be weird for just Main Street, but at the same time, take what you can get yeah. right now. But I also heard uh, for the first time, they're going to allow people wearing costumes. Yeah, this was crazy. This was this was quite the announcement. Yeah, usually they are very, the only time that you can wear costumes are at these after hours party events. So Mickey's not so scary Halloween. You were allowed to wear costumes, but not during normal park hours, only during the special ticketed event. I think that was the, uh, I think that was the case for Oogie Boogies as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's normal park hours. If you're there during uh Halloween period, which is the September 15th to October 31st at Magic Kingdom, wear your costume. That's uh, I thought that was a good call. That was, uh, you know, especially if you were somebody that was looking forward to Mickey's not so scary or you go yearly or you just kind of feel like, man, this is just it's been a downer. I just want some kind of holiday magic. I thought this was a good call on Disney's part. Yeah, because I think uh, for the most part, one of the reasons they uh, usually don't want people wearing costumes is I think they don't want people confused on on like people wearing like Disney oriented costumes that you might be a Disney uh, representative wearing a costume or whatnot and you're not acting accordingly Uh, the other thing is is that they don't want you uh, they want to be able to identify you but if everybody has to wear masks uh, mouth coverings anyways that becomes less of an issue. And actually somebody wearing a costume maybe stands out even more so <laughs> nowadays. So uh, I think it is a good call. Cause I think at this point we need kind of all the, the little like goodies to kind of keep us uh, to boost our morale as it is. I mean, who knows what Halloween is going to be like a trick or treating or whatnot. I don't know. I'm sure that people are going to do it, but it's going to be an interesting uh, year for Halloween. Don't come to my door. <laughs> don't come. Well, to that's my the door. thing. I think it's. I think people are going to send you right back on your way. Are going to going to do it. They're going to try it. I don't think a lot of people are going to are going to be have their doors open to it. But there's always going to be somebody. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The, to this year, the the trick and treat may be COVID nineteen for you. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nope. Um, Get out of here. You're not welcome. Yeah. yeah. Great. 
<laughs> yeah, it, uh, I totally, I mean, it's, it was just like what you were talking about with, uh, kind of splash, but maybe in the other direction, it, uh, it's one of those low hanging fruit items that's easy for Disney to do. So just do it. Why not? Everybody. I mean, we've been talking about how going to the parks right now is kind of your, uh, it's a, it's a reduced experience for the same amount of money for a ticket. So just, yeah, I mean, it, to give everyone even a little bit more perceived value and kind of make people feel good about their Disney experience, even a little bit more is, uh, is the right call. So kudos to Disney there. Uh, but we all are also going to have characters in those seasonal costumes. And it sounds like those cavalcades that they've been having, um, on those kind of cavalcade floats also are going to be themed to some kind of Halloween events. So that'll be like six and a half weeks at, uh, magic kingdom. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit, I think that's a month less than what they usually would do, but, uh, but that's fine. I think it, as you point out, people just, people will take what they can get these days. Um, and then, yeah, we also have Disneyland Paris. That's confirmed that their annual Halloween festival is still on similar offerings to magic kingdom. However, sounds like the event will be spread throughout the park in their announcement. They had talked about, uh, just various different events and theming going on in various different areas of the park. So it seems like, uh, maybe a little bit more of a traditional Halloween, uh, celebration going on over there. But regardless, dude, I mean, this is, this is a good sign, especially if Disneyland is going to open. So this is, uh, you got to be feeling good, Henry. I am, but I'm, I'm still kind of anxious just cause you know, the time to like, uh, you know, it's time is running out. I mean, if I yep. imagine they're not going to open up like next week, you know, so the time to like for them running like a Halloween is going to be like, maybe if we're lucky, hopefully uh, Disneyland will be open by October, but that doesn't give me a, a lot of time to kind of put together and get all the necessary things in place in time for that. Um, so there's a lot of questions involved and, and things the kind of hurdles to, to go through <laughs> to get a trip set up. And, and they're not giving me a lot of time for that. No, that's uh, I mean, it is still a wait and see, but I mean, yeah, I guess we'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> but at least I guess, at least it's, it's a better, like a better prospect than not having uh, the opportunity to go at all and then being just closed. So it's true, man. And you could still always book a ticket out to Florida. Uh, yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> well, finally, we do have a couple of quick universal park updates because we always seem to be so heavily focused on Disney these days. Wanted to throw these in cool, uh, little nuggets here. So it seems like universal, Sorry, it seems like Super Nintendo World construction at Universal Studios Hollywood has officially resumed, even though we never even got any kind of word that it officially started. But uh, it's always been rumored that that area in the lower lot has been Super Nintendo World. But WDW News Today pointed out a tweet from a user by the name of Universal Core who shared an image of a background facade being assembled on that lower lot area. 
Uh, it definitely was very clearly very kind of Super Mario themed rolling green hills. So it, it, without a doubt, this is for Super Nintendo World. So that's great, especially since we know that Orlando's version has been delayed indefinitely with the rest of Epic Universe. So, you know, it's just great to see that there is some progress outside of Japan happening. And I mean, we, it's so rare that we get a universal Hollywood update these days. So it's great to hear that something's still going on over there. Yeah. Just, I always worry when I hear about like something new going in, it's like, well, how, how short is the tram ride going to be now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Really? Uh, it's a favorite of yours. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, back in the day, the tram ride used to be like literally all day uh and then now it's it it, then it went to being about an hour now it's like like 30 minutes or something 45 minutes i think and it's sometimes like i mean one of my favorite parts was seeing uh the uh the set or a lot of the set pieces from the uh how the grinch stole christmas the the jim carrey movie and now like that was like cut down to like two buildings now uh and you have the crash plane from war of the worlds which is definitely not as interesting as <laughs> as the uh the whoville uh buildings but all right <laughs> so <laughs> it was like oh it's it's a plane that's crashed and yeah whatever it, i mean it is one of those few universal rides that I mean, it may even be the only one that still has that kind of classic nostalgic value. I mean, Universal is one of those parks, uh, especially in Hollywood, uh, where they're very, they they don't mind cutting rides that have been around for a while and people have nostalgia for. It's just, it's just not the way that they operate, right? So uh, uh, the tram is one of those where it's like, if you've been to Universal Hollywood, You've been on that tram and, you know, if there, if there was ever a ride to have nostalgic feelings around, it's going to be that. Yeah. Plus, I mean, it's, it's, it's weird to be on it sometimes because I think sometimes they take alternate routes because of filming. So you do get some things that happen and sometimes some things that don't, I mean, they go through the normal, uh, through, kong experience always but uh it's funny from the kong experience you can see the old breakdown bridge that they don't go over anymore um i think every once in a while they may still go through the like the parting of the sea but they may have finally just cut that completely out yeah i've never Um, been through that uh well, it was never much of a parting of the sea as is parting of the the creek or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it was it was I guess the same uh, technology was used for the parting of the sea for uh, with the Ten Commandments. Yeah, uh, and then uh, but they still do most of the times they do the uh, the flooded uh, flooded uh, town yep. uh, western town. They still do that one. Earthquake. But yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and the earthquake. Um but it's it's so yeah, 
it's they've cut everything like yeah they are not afraid to cut things out like at one point you used to be able to see the town square of from back to the future every now and then you can drive past it and you can kind of see the town square a little bit of what used to be the uh the uh, courthouse building that gets uh, the clock that gets struck by lightning in Back to the Future, but sometimes you don't get to. They don't go through that area, so you don't get to see it at all. But um, <laughs> so the trial yeah. and tribulations of of uh, of a working film set, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess the the best the best thing that can happen when you're when you're on it is that hopefully you actually see a, a star or something walk by or drive by, but it's been very, uh, very minimal. I don't think the last, I don't know, five to seven times I've been, I haven't seen any, uh, stars. So they're hiding, they're hiding from you. They heard, they heard Henry was coming that day. (laughs) I highly doubt that. (laughs) (laughs) And then we've also got, Uh, a new piece of concept art from that Jurassic World land at the upcoming Universal Studios Beijing. Uh, We've also got some, there were some construction images also from Universal Core that uh, on Twitter that shows some kind of Jurassic World dark ride that apparently it's not the same ride that we currently have at Hollywood or Singapore or Orlando, it's its own kind of thing. Apparently, it uses the same ride system as Spider-Man and Islands of Adventure, which should be interesting. Mm. But yeah, it'll be its it'll be its own kind of new thing. So that's exciting. I mean, yeah, that again, like it's it, it's always crazy to think like, oh yeah, that's right. There's this massive new Universal Studios being built in Beijing that supposedly is still on track for next year. Yeah, that and also I think uh, that uh, that system that uh, the Spider-Man ride uses in uh, in Orlando, that's a really good. I mean, they use the same thing for the uh, the Transformers ride. Um, given, I think it works better. I mean, right now Spider-Man is much better than the Transformers ride in Hollywood. Right. Um, <laughs> it may, it feels more organic for the Spider-Man ride than it does for the Transformers ride. Plus I think it would work really well for, uh, for Jurassic park for doing dinosaurs because you have the, the mix of real motion with, uh, really good 3d like i remember when i was on i mean i don't get the same sense when i'm on the transformers ride but when i rode on the the spider-man ride there's like times where i was like literally ducking the the uh, bricks when doc ock breaks through the brick wall and the bricks come flying <laughs> at you i'm like whoa and i'm like <laughs> yeah and i mean i know they're not real bricks flying at me but it's still like it's good enough uh 3d that it makes you kind of like like do that little juke to move to to miss that uh getting hit by a brick so i think that would work really really well with the with dinosaurs and whatnot and would probably feel organic because you could have like like velociraptors jumping on the on the car and stuff so they do the movement of velociraptors jumping on the car like uh when uh in the spider-man ride spider-man jumps on the car so it bounces up and down so yeah i think that's gonna i think that 
sounds like it's probably going to be a really good ride. Yeah, man. Good times, dude. And this is like, it is very surprising how big of a franchise that Jurassic Park is. This is the first real land that they have dedicated to it. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you have to have super high expectations for this. Oh yeah. I mean, especially being a big franchise for universal since, uh, well, I guess universal's kind of, I mean, they didn't do a land for it, but they do a bunch of areas. I think, I don't know if they just didn't, were afraid to do lands until Harry Potter really worked out and now they're all on board for doing (laughs) these lands. So, uh. I think they finally seen the light, which is good. Um, so yeah, something to look forward to for Jurassic Park. Dude, yeah, getting excited about that too. Hopefully that uh, you know the crazy thing about Beijing is that we just we still don't have a ton of information, right? We've got uh, we had that initial kind of blast in terms of just very high level details in terms of what we can expect. We just haven't gotten that many updates, so. Uh, so I'm looking forward to just learning even more, especially that Waterworld land. Like, I'm ready for that to deliver. Yeah, it's 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 crazy that I still find it that it's crazy that they are doing a Waterworld land. But I mean, it also feels it also makes me like kind of excited just because what is that going to be like? <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> I feel like it would be really cool to be in there. Like at least like, I don't know. It's just really, really weird, but cool. And then the transformers land too. I, I, I don't know what it's going to be, but the, I'm, but then I'm also kind of scared in that one because <laughs> they formers. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, but, but then again with the, uh, with the Bumblebee movie being the latest and hopefully they move on from Bumblebee because Bumblebee fixed a lot of stuff for me for the Transformers. So if they, if they use Bumblebee types uh, movie stuff for that uh, new Transformers land, I'd be happy. I'd be really happy. Yeah, that was good. Uh, So quickly, Henry, high, medium, low. What's your confidence level? Halloween at Disneyland is happening. Uh, I think, I think Halloween at Disneyland. I am medium, uh, just because I think it's going to happen as long as they get open in time. If 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 I think what will happen is more than likely is if they don't get Halloween, they will do Christmas, the holidays. So mm. okay. That, that one that I would be high. I, I'm high for that happening. But it, it feels like Halloween might be up in the air just because, you know, the the timing of them actually getting a chance to actually open in time. But I think they will do at least uh, some of the stuff can you know, I guess they won't be able to do the 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 at least it may have possibly do the uh, holiday uh, haunted mansion because that can actually go through uh, Halloween through the holidays. Um, but uh, I think they will do some kind of decorations. Uh, it's just when they'll actually be able to open. Yep. Makes sense to me, man. I- I'm telling you, after all of this news, I'm riding high. I'm feeling good. 
I think we're going to be good, man. I think I think I think we're good, but I think we're not going to have much of a chance. It's going to be a very small window to experience it. So instead of having the two months, you're obviously not going to have two months of it. Uh, you may look up and have a month of Halloween, unless they uh, unless they, they count, allow it to carry over. They may extend it a little longer because you know people didn't have much of a chance but who knows at least if i can get if i can get halloween if i can't get halloween but i can get holidays i'm good i actually like the treats a little more on the holidays because i'm a big fan of eggnog but (laughs) uh but anyways i think either one is is good so but medium on halloween yeah this is why they call you Cautious Hall, man. <laughs> that just about does it for today. Remember, you can catch The Great Park Hop each and every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be. As always, if you like what you hear and want us to keep making content just like this, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and hit that like button. This has been episode 31 of The Great Park Hop, and we'll catch you next week. Stay healthy, everybody. Henry, I'll talk to you next week, big guy. Peace out. Wakanda forever! (laughs) 